What's this? A Halloween special in November? Yes, it's a new trend I'm starting called not getting things done on time. Ha Anyway, for those of you that are more interested in the main storyline going on right now, don't worry, the Wilder West will be continuing. This is just a quick little holiday special kind of thing going on. And uh, for those of you that aren't interested in descriptions of crime scenes, including the descriptions of a body of a murder victim, you may want to skip this one. It's not super graphic, but just let you know, this is a murder mystery in space, and that will come up. So for those of you sticking around, let's get into 2021's Halloween special titled Casualties on the Commercial Cruiser. Right, so Halloween special, murder mystery in space. Um, so I guess we start by introducing our characters, I suppose, even though in real life we just went over them, the listeners did not have the recording button pushed for them to hear. So starting off, we have my dad, Tim, and who is your character? Roger Willigo. <laughs> and he is a detective on his way um, back to the anchor system where he came from. Um, he has had a bit of an unfruitful uh, off-world investigative service that he has uh, not made much money on, but fortunately the client did pay for a nice trip home, so he's coming down on a, or coming back rather, on a nice luxury cruiser. And the other player, my cousin Adriana, who are you playing? Dorotaria Resna, or you could just call me Doc if you want. Just Doc. Alrighty, Doc. Yeah, like that. Okay, so herein lies the intro. You find yourself on board Leeway Ferrying Cruiser 3301, having just left the anchor system. Actually, oh, just left the anchor. Well, I messed up on the description, so now it's coming back to the anchor system, okay? So just heading back towards the anchor system, the core system of the Anchor Confederation, uh, this ship is comparable to a small town. It's just like this massive, like, like it functions kind of like an airliner, for going from one star system to another, but it's like a cruise ship equivalent. So you have like this big luxurious experience as you're uh, going from uh, one place to the other. Uh, but as such, it is not fitted with a wormhole jump module, so it doesn't have its own faster than light capabilities, and it's too big to fit through an orbital travel gate, which helps fling ships way out into space before they have to rely on their own fuel. So, uh, to help uh, big ships get around faster and keep up with smaller ships. There are uh, special larger gateways that are connected to each other and they create like this warp in space and they call them warp lanes. And so it's kind of like a highway but in space. And uh, so even though you don't have these super fast travel capabilities, it won't be more than a couple of hours before you reach the quarter lane. A warp lane stretch um, maintained by the Confederation that links roughly a quarter of the explored galaxy. From there it'll only be a few days before you reach your destination. So uh, y'all are on this ship. Uh, it's up to you if you guys want to say your characters have met before or know each other. Um, or they can be complete strangers, it's up to you. But yeah, you're on this uh, luxurious cruise ship style uh, starship. It's been a few hours since departure, probably a little after lunch. Uh, what do y'all do? There are um, there are restaurants, small shops, uh, little casino-like areas. If you're curious if there's something on board, you can ask me, and it probably will be, unless it's something absurd. Is there a water slide? You know what? Yes, there is. There's a water slide. 
Awesome. That's where I am. <laughs> Go on the water slide. And where is Detective Willigo? He's looking for a good cesspooly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're at the uh, restaurant slash bar. And um, yeah, it's a jolly old time. There's lots of water sliding and sweet cesspooly to be had. And the day goes by relatively quick enough. You have a chat with other uh, passengers and everything's all well and dandy until uh, the evening. It's just after supper when um, suddenly the alarms start going off on the ship. And you see on uh, some convenient screens for viewers to see advertisements and messages about the ship coming up. All it's saying is, lockdown in effect, please calmly return to your room and lock the door. So what do y'all do? Take my sarsaparilla with me. Okay. I'll just go back to my room. Okay. And lock the door. Okay. And wait for more info. Yeah, so um, it's a few hours. Probably like a good like four to six. And um, Detective Willigo in his room, he hears a bing, which is the indication that someone is ringing his sweets doorbell. And um, as you approach the door, a few icons pop up on it. Um, the door itself is like a giant digital screen. It's normally just black. But as you approach, uh, you see a few options appear. There's unlock, view, two-way view, and voice. Um, you know that if you push the view, it'll show on the screen who's standing outside, as if, like, the door for your side is transparent. If you do two-way view, it'll do that, but with both sides of the door, so both the resident and the person outside can see each other. And if you do voice, it'll just let you talk to each other with voice. I'll do view. Okay, so you can see who's standing outside? Yeah. Um, there are three people outside. There is uh, a security officer. He looks to be... Um, perhaps even the head security officer. And then to his left is another security officer, and to his right is a security android. And uh, you see he seems to take note of the green icon that comes on on the outside of the door when someone's using the viewer. And um, he says, This is Roland Stirrup. I'm head of security for the starship here. Uh, is this Detective Willigo? Who wants to know? I'm Roland Stirrup. I'm the head of security for this ship. What is this about? It would be easier to tell you, sir, if uh, you could come with us. The captain would like to see you, sir. Well, in that case, let me let me head on out and see what's going on. Okay, so you unlock the door and go with them? Yeah. And around the same time, um, the dock hears a identical bing, indicating that there is uh, someone ringing her suite's doorbell. I'll go check that out. Okay, likewise, you have the same options. You can uh, use the viewer to see who's standing on the other side. You can make both sides of the door transparent so you can see each other. You can use voice, or you can just open the door if you feel like it. I'll use the voice and ask who's there. Okay. You hear, uh, it's ship security, ma'am. Um, this is, uh, Dr. Resna's suite. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, the captain would like to speak with you. If you please come with us, ma'am. All right. Just let me get changed, and I'll be right out. All right, ma'am. And, uh, once you get changed and go with them, uh, you head off. And around the same time... Both Dr. Resna and Detective Willigo um, kind of converge in the hallway right outside the captain's quarters. And head of security, Roland Stirrup, indicates towards the door and um, says, The captain's just inside. He's waiting for you. I'd better go meet the captain then. Okay, so you head in? Yep. Okay. I'm assuming Dr. or Detective Willigo heads in also? Yeah. Okay. So standing inside, it's um, kind of like a small briefing room, kind of. There's a uh, table, there's some chairs around it, there's a uh, 
screen at the far end of the wall, and um, standing initially with his back to you, with his arms behind his back, um, but turning as he hears the door open, you see a uh, tall man in captain's uniform, and um, he looks at you both, gives a nod, and says, Thank you for joining me. I apologize for this uh, strange breach of protocol and inconvenience, but as I'm sure you've noticed, something rather out of the ordinary has happened on this ship. And quite frankly, we don't have the skill or means to deal with this situation. Several hours ago, last night, just after supper was served on the ship, there were two explosives that detonated, one in our communications room and one in the storage bay. Initially, this was enough to start the lockdown, and we thought that perhaps this was just some technical fluke, some freak mishap, but unfortunately it does appear to be sabotage. Following the hours afterwards, though, as crew continued to serve the passengers in their rooms, one of them, a doctor, and he stops and uh, looks at something on a little data pad of his, one Dr. Bandril Tormin. Uh, he was found murdered in his suite. And unfortunately, we do not have any investigative services available on this ship, nor do we have any medical examiners to help figure out exactly what happened. Normally, in a situation like this, we would use our hyperlink communications and contact some help to meet us before we reach our destination. But unfortunately, the sabotage not only knocked out our communications, but the second explosion in the cargo bay also destroyed our auxiliary equipment, so we have no way of making repairs. So, quite frankly, it falls down to the security team, and if you are willing and able to help you to find the killer, the saboteur, whoever, whatever's responsible, and ensure that the rest of the passengers arrive safely in the anchor system. So can I trust you to help me with this? Sure. How much desperate do you have? It's not really my job to know how much refreshments we have, but I can have someone look into it. I'd be happy to help for a good case of sarsaparilla. I can arrange it so you have all the sarsaparilla you want. That'll work. And he turns to you and he goes, And are you willing and able? Of course. If you would allow me to see the body, I am a medical examiner. I might be able to see some clues. Yes, of course. And he pushes a button on a little console on the table. And um, you hear the security guard outside go, Yes, sir. He goes, Escort the doctor and the detective to uh, Dr. Torman's room and uh, allow them access to the crime scene. And he goes, uh, yes, sir, right away. And um, the captain motions for you to exit, and the door opens, and you can see uh, head of security stirrup, and the other guards are waiting to escort you. And um, going your way, heading down the quarters and whatnot. Um, and by the way, all this travel is a bit eerie in and of itself, because normally all these hallways and spaces, and you're like passing through like a food court kind of area, there's all kinds of spaces that should be filled with people, and it's all just completely empty. You can hear the echoes of your footsteps all throughout it. The only sounds beside you guys are of the occasional bits of machinery or pipes that rattle or hiss. But you do uh, make it eventually to a tram system that's for uh, use for traveling uh, quickly throughout the ship so you don't have to walk everywhere. And it takes you to a block of suites. It's a short block of suites. There's only a, a few doors here. Um, but they take you to one of them that has some red tape over the door, and they take it down and open the door, and you guys head inside. And um, you can see on the bed there is a figure underneath the sheet, presumably the, mur the murder victim. 
uh, blood, obviously, both on the sheets and a bit on the wall, and the entire room looks ransacked. What do you do? Well, I'd like to take a look at the body. Okay. Pulling the sheet back, uh, presumably you uh, glove up first and all the kind of crime scene investigativeness protocols. Uh, but pulling the sheet back, you see a man who looks to be in his mid-fifties, medium skin tone, light brown hair and beard. Um, you can see he has blue eyes, uh, a little taller than average. And um, right off the bat, you can see there's some bruising around the jaw and his throat has been slit. Would you like to make a further examination? Four. Okay, give me a perception roll. Oh no, I did it again. Threw my dice on the floor. Why would you do that? I don't know how to roll, apparently. <laughs> oh my goodness, excuse me. <laughs> mm, corn dogs. That's sarsaparilla. Too much sarsaparilla. <laughs> 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 okay, I got a 23 total. Okay, um, you can see that um, the slice was made by a thin but sharp blade. Um, it's not like like unnaturally like crazy superbly sharp, but definitely sharp enough to get the job done, obviously. And around his jaw, there's not just bruising, but it seems that his jaw and some teeth have been broken as if crushed. As if like... The left side of his jaw and the right side of his jaw were crushed towards each other, not necessarily from just a punch. Do any of y'all do anything else? The room is still uh, ransacked. It's a bit of a mess. There's papers, there's bags. Yeah, we gotta make sure here not to disturb any evidence. Is there any more searching or anything you guys want to do? Yeah, we should look around the room a bit. Okay, so anyone that wants to give a search can do a perception roll. I got an 11 total. Okay. 17. Okay, so uh, Detective Willigo, um, he finds uh, Dr. Torman's travel bag, his uh, shoulder bag. Uh, it's a black bag made of uh, synthetic fibers and um, looks to be not brand new, but not really completely worn out either. It's been around, but not too much. Um, and it was obviously used to carry his files and his... Uh, futuristic laptop-like device, and uh, of course everything is now pulled out and spilled across the floor or on the desk or something. But strangely enough, the strap uh, on one side it looks completely brand new, while the other one looks to be all worn and well used like the rest of the bag. And uh, the good doctor finds a small, thin fiber. It's black. Doesn't look like it came from the bag. And there's nothing else really in here that would match, unless it was like a hair from a maid or something, but still, it's worth noting. I'll take it with me to compare with something maybe later. Okay. And what does Dr. Willigo do? Detective Willigo. Yes, Detective Willigo. There's only one doctor here. Well, we'll keep looking for any evidence that might have been left. We doubt there's fingerprints, but we'll check. Do you, uh, do, do you do anything with the bag with a weird strap? One side was brand new while the other side was more worn and it matched the rest of the bag. Take a look inside and see what's in there. It's empty right now. All the stuff has been pulled out. Oh. Do you do anything with it? Do you take it with you? Do you leave it? Just leave it up here. Okay. Um, so yeah, dusting for prints. Um, I won't have you roll for this because it is unfruitful. Uh, is there anything else you guys do? Any kind of surveillance? Cameras or anything? Uh, you don't see any in the room. If you want to ask the security guards about such things, they're outside the room right now. 
check and see if there's any kind of anybody come forward, any witnesses, or anybody heard anything. So are you going to ask the security guards about that? Yeah. Um, so head of security says, fortunately, we do have cameras just about everywhere except for in private areas such as suites and restrooms. Unfortunately, it seems whoever did the sabotaging and or the murder uh, was prepared for that as, well, I can show you if you'd like if uh, when you're done here, I can take you to the security room, but they've done something, some kind of jamming, hacking, I don't entirely know myself, but unfortunately the cameras are of no use in this instance. Convenient. And um, he turns to one of the security guards and he says, uh, go bring us some of the footage of uh, what happened earlier this evening, why don't you? And he heads off and will presumably be back shortly. Is there anything else you guys do in the meantime? No, I can think of. Another room, like, connected to his or something? Or, like, in his bathroom or something? Check that out. Um, the only other doorway in here um, that leads out of the suite is the emergency exit. I'll take a peek in there. Okay. Um, you approach the door, and there is a warning on it. It says emergency exit slash entrance only. Um, but as you open the door, it leads to a very dark uh, corridor. There's pipes going all along one side. Looks like this is also some kind of little maintenance tunnel. Um, and because uh, the detective has the door open to talk to the security guard, uh, head of security stirrup speaks up and goes, that door should be locked, and during an emergency should unlock and when opened, that should also turn on the lights and cameras in there. Something's wrong with that. Do you guys do anything else before uh, the other security guard comes back with the footage? I don't think so. Okay. So uh, upon his return, he is bringing a data pad, and he hands it to the head of security, who looks it over and then goes, Right, this is what we saw on the recordings in the security room, and he shows you, and it has like the different areas almost like lined up in a layout, the little camera views, and uh, you can see, uh, looking down from the ceiling in the corridor and tram area that's just outside of the suites that you're at now, um, you see a janitor, he's cleaning up the floor, uh, a couple security guards go by and they don't really pay each other any mind, and um, everything seems fine, and then suddenly the camera's just cut. It looks like a, you know like an old VHS when you pause it, how everything stops but it also looks kind of messed up? It does that. Everything just stops, the screen's not quite right, there are glitches in it, and um, after a few seconds it just resumes and you can see the uh, janitor's in a different spot, he'd been going along clean all while the camera wasn't working. And at the same time that it resumes, a camera in the next hallway over suddenly stops and you see the same kind of glitches appear in it. And then a few seconds later, um, while it's still stopped, you see in the, uh, the cargo bay, that camera stops. And then the camera in the hallway resumes and the camera in the security room stops. And then the camera in the security room resumes, the camera in the hallway stops, and then the cargo bay resumes, the hallway resumes, and then the hallway with the suite stops, and then they all resume. So it's almost as if whatever was jamming the cameras started in the suites area, went into the hallway, and then somehow was in the security room and the cargo room at the same time before going back to the suites. Mighty fishy. And, um, head of security also says, at the time of, apparently, when Dr. Torman was murdered, uh, none of these anomalies showed up on camera, and, uh, 
Well, there was no indication, no one reported hearing any sounds. There were apparently no witnesses, at least none that have come forward, and no one that we've asked has uh, confessed to hearing or seeing anything out of the ordinary. So was this guy killed during the whole, uh, when the video was going all weird? Or do we know that? After the, uh, jamming of the cameras, it was only a few minutes before the explosion in the communications room and the cargo bay went off. And presumably it was somewhere around that time that the murder happened. Well, seems like somebody knew what they were doing. Is there anybody on board that knows how to work these cameras that we can talk to? Besides myself, that would be up to the security technicians. Um, usually there's only uh, one technician at a time in the security room. Um, likewise in communications, just for security purposes. And unfortunately during the explosion, we did also lose a uh, fellow security member, but that seemed to be a, uh, a uh, extra casualty. It doesn't seem like their murder was planned. It seems the communications was targeted, but if you would like, you can also examine the body. Yes, I'll examine that body as well. All right, right this way, ma'am. And um, does Detective Willigo stay, or does he go with the security team and the doctor? Mm, go with the team. Okay, so... Going down more spooky corridors and another tram ride later, um, you do arrive at the... Wait, no, actually, sorry, it's in walking distance because I just explained how the cameras work. <laughs> anyway, short walk later, you arrive at uh, the communications area and you can see there is a, uh, a blanket had been put over the security guard that presumably has not been moved since the accident. And uh, yeah, examining the body, you can see it does look like it was... Uh, the explosion that killed him, and um, feel free to give me a perception roll, Anna. Uh, 12 total. Okay. Um, you're able to tell that there's some kind of, almost like a trace of some kind of powder, almost. Like, just a little fleck of it over here and there on, uh, on the body. Take a little bit of a sample if I can. Yep. So you have now a black fiber and a weird flake, and uh, the head of security asks you, um, is there a Anywhere else you would like to examine, or anyone you'd like to talk to? We do have the uh, entire suite where the murder happened on full lockdown, uh, but we can permit you to speak to the other passengers there if you have any questions for them. That would probably be useful. And uh, he goes, very well, follow me. And he leads you back to the suite. And, um, okay, so taking you to the first door in the suites, uh, the security guard looks at his data pad and says, this should be the suite of one Selena Seren, a uh, young lady, blonde hair. She's often been seen going around with a uh, video recording drone, so she's probably some kind of internet celebrity or something. And uh, so yeah, y'all are outside the door, what do y'all do? There's a uh, convenient little button to ring the suite doorbell. You can knock on the door if you feel like knocking on a screen. What was her name? Selena Seren. Might okay. as well see if she's in. Okay, so ringing the bell, um, you uh, wait a few minutes, and then you hear the icon showing that the voice thing is being used, and um, you just hear a young woman on the other side go, I don't need anything, I'm good, thanks, and then it turns off. So ring that, ring it again. After a few more seconds, you see the green icon come on, showing that the viewer is being used this time, and she goes, I said it, oh, uh, can I help you? Uh, yes, my name's Dr. Teria Resna. Um, I'm a medical examiner, and I just have a couple questions for you. Okay. She has not opened the door. She's just, like, expecting you to ask through the door. Uh, is it okay if we come inside? Um, sure. Just a moment. 
and after a few seconds you hear like this this faint hiss start coming on and she goes okay recording started there we go and then she opens the door and you can see uh a young woman mid-20s dark skin tone dark brown hair i realized that i just contradicted myself but that's fine she's dark brown hair now uh green eyes uh, average height and you can see behind her the hiss noise is coming from a wee little like camera drone it's got like three little jets around it. it's like a spherical thing with camera in the center it's just kind of hovering there and um she goes uh yeah c- come in then and walks in towards the living room area of the suite so what do y'all do and what do y'all say and hard to interrogate anybody since we don't know what time exactly all this happened um you know what, Anna, you can give me a... Well, no, because you gave a good perception roll on the body itself, so retroactively I can say that you determined that the murder happened, like, probably within minutes of the explosion going off, which I'm going to say happened at 8.05. P.M.? Yeah, P.M. And right now it's roughly like, let's see, it's probably like going on 1 a.m. right now. Sorry to disturb you here, miss. Um, we just had a couple of questions for you. Um, we wanted to know where you were when the explosions happened. Or they, do they know that there's an explosion? Probably not, right? She does now. <laughs> oh, well, no, I can change it. <laughs> nope, you said it. Oh, she goes, my bad. She goes, wait, there, there was an explosion on the ship? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my bad. Um, Is it, we're still going to make it, though, right? That it's not going to, the ship's not going to crash or blow up or anything, is it? <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, uh, Officer Stewart followed you guys in, and he goes, Everything's fine. We're, we have the situation, uh, well under hand, and the ship is well in working order, and we will safely reach our destination. I'm sorry you were not aware of the explosions, uh, but where were you when we had the alert to go back to our rooms and lock ourselves in? Did you go back to your room right away? Or were you already here? She says, I was at the uh, restaurant just a few blocks down uh, from the tram station, and uh, that's when the alarm started going off, and I had my camera going the whole time, if you want to see, and I just, I came right back here, just like everyone else. Oh, you have this camera on at all, on all the time? Most of the time. Yeah, we can take a look at that footage. Still haven't ruled out the security, because they, they're about the only ones that know how to do all these cameras and stuff. Did you hear anything after... You went back to your room? Anything unusual? No, just the, the uh, service people and the guards going by, checking every now and then. Nothing strange, though. Well, if you wouldn't mind showing us your video that you recorded, okay. that might give us a give us a big help. She goes over and grabs her uh, data pad and syncs it up to the little drone hovering nearby. And she turns around towards you guys and... Uh, it shows like a what soon will be a popular online video esque style video, but before any editing has happened. And um, she's basically just like vlogging the whole time. And you can see her in the restaurant, and um, you can see various other guests and passengers. And then suddenly you see the lights change, and the same uh, lockdown warning appears on the screen in the restaurant that you saw in the hallways and whatnot, and um, there's a bit of a worried murmuring going on, and you can see that the uh, uh, staff in the restaurant start directing people 
out into the hallways and back towards the rooms, and security guards also begin to do the same, um, escorting those that need help getting back to their rooms and directing others. And you can see she comes all the way back to her room, and she makes some comment into the camera about, like, what the heck is going on, and then the footage just stops. Presumably she stopped the recording. I don't think I have any other questions for right now. Okay. Does Detective Will go say or do anything? We're gonna have to try to see if she has any find out if she has any connection with the security team here. Still suspect the security people. So do you ask her anything or say or do anything? Mm, Alright, no, I don't think. Okay. So uh yeah. Selena's just kinda sitting there and she's like, Is there anything else? And um you guys presumably uh tell her no or not right now and take your leave. And the uh, security officer takes you to the next door over, and um, he looks at the data pad and he says, This is the suite of one Harin Fendel. And um, he rings the doorbell for you guys, and you see that the person inside is using the door viewer. And um, you hear a, Ah, hello. Can I help you? Why'd you kill him? <laughs> Do you say that? No. Oh. That would have been great. <laughs> and I know that may seem a little hypocritical, given that I didn't let you take back what you said before, but that was, I was just making sure he wasn't joking. Because jokes are allowed, but if you, if you let something slip, I'm sorry, it slips. Fine. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> so what time did this happen? Again, you said... Um, the explosions went off at 8.05, and the murder happened minutes within that going off. Can you prove where you were about 8 o'clock last night? Or 8 o'clock? Isn't that when the lockdown first began? And we all had to return to our rooms? Yeah. Well, I dare say that's where I was, good sir. Do you have any, uh, anybody or anything that can back up your story? I was retiring early from the, uh, the festivities we were having in the restaurant. I was going to call it an early night, so I dare say the only people may have been perhaps the tram operator, if he was going by at the time. Okay, we'll have to have a chat with that guy. Nobody else is with you in your room? No, sir. And he pauses and goes, Oh, it's terribly rude of me to just continue speaking to you through the door like this. And you see he switches the viewer um, so that you can see through both sides. And you see a man in his mid-40s, a bit overweight. He has light skin, black hair, and he has a finely curled mustache. So nobody can back up your... You don't have any uh, backup to your story? No... No surveillance footage and no, no other uh, uh, witnesses besides that one guy. Well, assuming there are security cameras in the hallway, they most certainly saw me, I'm sure. Well, I'll take a look at those. I know they were kind of going on and off. Is there perhaps anything else I can help you find, gentlemen and lady with? Mm, that'd probably be about it for now. I trust you won't be going anywhere. No, sir, not with all these lockdowns. Certainly I shall abide by the rules of the flight administration. And uh, with that, he gives you, for your time. He gives you a, of course, ma'am. And uh, you see the viewer switch off. And taking you to the next door over, the security guard looks at his data pad and says, uh, this should be the suite of one Sinon Crin. Uh, log shows that he has mechanical augments, so a cyborg. And he rings the doorbell. And you can see the uh, the door. At first, you see the viewer comes on. But then you see the door slides open, and you can see a man looks to be roughly in his mid-twenties, medium skin tone, dark brown hair, um, 
and you can see that his left side and his legs are all completely mechanical. And on the left side of his face, he has like a like a triple set of sensors. One looks like a camera, one looks like a heat sensor, and then one has a green laser. And you can see it uh, rapidly scans each of your faces really quick. And you hear him say, can I ha 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 help you? Yes, we're just going around asking people some questions about if they had heard or seen anything about the time where the alerts went off and the lockdown started. He goes, oh, I'm s s s sorry. I've, I've been in my room practically the whole flight. I'm ch 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 trying to sleep through this oh, 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 overclock virus I've contracted. And I'm sorry if, to hear that. If you guys want, you can give me an intelligence roll to know what an overclock virus even is. One of you. Oh, wow. 24. Okay, yeah, both of you know that an overclock virus is something specifically designed to um, affect cyborgs. It causes um, basically like the CPU parts that have been augmented into their brain basically to just overwork themselves and um, heat up and it can cause a lot of issues. It makes uh, parts of the brains that have been augmented, it can cause um, like errors basically, so that's probably why uh, this guy is stuttering so much and it can cause headaches and um, if it isn't uh, treated before he comes in contact with other cyborgs or if he doesn't have some kind of, uh, what's the word for it, I guess a jammer, um, then uh, it can spread to other cyborgs and affect them too. Oh, sorry to hear that, sir, but did you happen to hear anything around 805 last night? Or 805, whatever time it is, I'm sorry. That would be yesterday, right? Because he says like 1 a.m.? Yeah. Okay. He, uh, he shakes his head and he goes, I was pro pro probably s s sleeping. You haven't left your room at all this whole trip? No. no. I don't suppose anybody can back up your story or any footage besides out in the hall here. No, no, not that I can th think of. Do you know anybody here on the security team? No, sir. This is my f f first time off-world. What what uh, brings you on this trip? I'm heading to the, the, the anchor system to, to have a professional check out my neural implants to, to, to remove the virus. Okay, well, we'll be in touch. And, uh, he gives a nod and turns off the viewer. And uh, the security officer is already looking at his data pad. And he's walking over to the next door and he says, Right, next up is the room of Gretchen McCrennell, and uh, let's see what she has to say. And he rings the doorbell, and you see the light come on showing that the person is using the viewer from their side, and you hear an older but not elderly woman's voice say, What can I do for you? Hello, ma'am. Uh, I'm a doctor aboard this ship, and I was going around asking people if they had heard anything around 8.05 last night, right around the time we were all in lockdown. Did you happen to hear anything weird or see anything weird? She goes, You know, I really didn't hear anything weird, but around that time I could have swore I felt like a shake, almost like there was a little earthquake. But I was thinking, how can there be an earthquake if we're on a ship in space? And were you in your room when this happened? I was at the restaurant around that time. Are you with anybody at the restaurant? Well, I didn't go there with anyone, but there were the other people eating and drinking. Uh, what, what happened after you felt that little earthquake feeling thing? Well, 
probably wasn't even a minute after when the uh, lockdown alert came and we all got escorted back to our rooms. And you went back to your room right away? Yes, ma'am. You didn't see anybody unusual in your area of in your around your suite? Well, unusual is a bit of a broad term, but no one that didn't look like they shouldn't be there. Have you met any of your uh any of the fellow passengers in around in the suite area? Any of your neighbors? Oh yes. I met uh that uh nice gentleman was named uh Mr. Fendell, I think his name was. I met him at the uh little dinner party we were having in there, and, um, let's see, the other day I passed, um, Mr. Greff, I think he said his name was. Not a very talkative man, but I met him in the hallway, and we had a pleasant chat for a few seconds. Do you see them going back to their room around that time? Well, Mr. Fendale went to his room early. He said he was going to call it an early night. Um, I don't think I saw Mr. Greff at the party, um, but I did see, uh, that nice young lady with her little camera drone, I saw her going back to her room. We're going to have to chat with some of these people. She says, will that be all, or do you have more questions? Well, I can't think of anything else right now, but we'll be in touch if we come up with any other questions. She goes, all right, well, good luck with whatever you're doing. And you see the light turn off. And the head of security looks at his data pad and goes, all right, this last door should be the suite of Morrison Greff. I think that's who, uh... Miss McCrennell was saying she met in the hallway, and here is the door right here, and he rings the doorbell, and um, the door slides open, and standing before you is a man looks to be in his 40s. He's a very lanky, very tall man. Uh, he has black hair, bluish-gray eyes, and notably pale skin, and he looks at you guys and says, yes? What was his name again? I'm sorry. Morrison Greff. G-R-E-F-F. Oh. Okay. Hello, Mr. Greff. Do you mind if we come inside to ask you a couple questions? He uh, sees that there are security guards there and that you're all some very official-looking bunch. So he uh, steps aside and motions for you to enter. And um, entering the little living room area, he uh, takes a seat in a chair by a desk. And uh, what do you say or do? You prove your whereabouts about 8 o'clock. Around eight, I would have been in my room at that time, as I am most of the time. Do you have anybody or anything that can verify that? Well, I suspect the cameras would show a lack of me leaving my room. You don't have anybody else that can verify that you, you were in your room all the time? No, I'm not much of a conversationalist. I don't really hang around much of any other people in my spare time. Did you go to the restaurant last night? No, I ordered food from the, uh room service provided. Around the time we got the alert to go to our rooms and lock down, you were already here, correct? Yes. Uh, did you happen to hear anything unusual? There was the annoying sound of the alert. Other than that, no. You didn't happen to look out your door or anything and see if there was anything going on? No, I didn't bother to. The alert came up on the inside of the door saying to remain in my room and to keep the door locked. What was the name of the guy that died again? Uh, Dr. Tormin. Okay. I'm gonna forget all this. I should have been writing it down or something. That's fine. I don't expect y'all to be able to remember all this that well. I mean, I can remember that well either. I have to keep scrolling around in my notes. Okay, tell me his name one more time. <laughs> Dr. Tormin. T-O-R-M-I-N. Did you meet anybody else so far on this trip? Any of your neighbors around here? During one of my 
out-of-the-ordinary outings. On my way as I returned to my suite, I crossed paths with the uh, older lady that lives next door. She seemed kind enough, though I would rather have just carried on back to my room without the interruption. And what are you doing on this, this ship? I use my uh, income from these stories I sell to go on these cruises every now and then. It helps me relax and clear my mind. I can usually get some interesting story ideas begun and motions towards a uh, laptop-looking device. I don't think I have any more questions at the time, this time. Yeah, we may be in touch. We trust you won't be going anywhere anytime soon. Of course. And yeah, so, leaving his room, um, the security officer asks, Is there anywhere else you'd like us to take you? Your uh, security team all account for their whereabouts before and after the explosion? Before and after. I would wager that we could, though we'd have to look through the footage and collaborate, uh, collaborate the stories. It's awful fishy that somebody knew how to manipulate all the security cameras and stuff right around that same time. Not too many people know how to do that. Well, we did only have one uh, technician at a time in the uh, in the communication station, and we only had uh, one security guard monitoring the, well, the monitors in the security station. Uh, if you'd like, I can take you to the security guard that was on duty at the time, and uh, you can question him. That might be good. Okay, so one tram ride later, and we're walking through creepy empty hallways, and you arrive at one of the uh, employee rooms, one of the crew rooms, and uh, he rings the doorbell, and you can see the viewer comes on at first, but then the door opens, presumably once the person sees that it's the head of security, and um, he turns to you guys and says, ask away. Okay, can you verify your whereabouts just before and after the explosion? I was in the security room. Is anybody else there with you? No, sir, just me. You were monitoring all the all the cameras? Yes, sir. I'm the one that reported that something seemed to be strange with uh, the hallways in uh, one of the decks. There was nobody else in the room with you? No, sir. You can check the security footage if you would like. We do have cameras in that room. Yeah, we might have to take a look at that. Do you, uh, can you account for your uh, other parts of your security team about that time? The entire security team, sir? Yeah, do you know roughly where each one of them were at that time? There are hundreds of security officers on the ship at one time. Um, I honestly don't think I could tell you where they were simply because there are too many of them. Okay, anybody, anybody disgruntled or anybody acting strange or unaccounted for around that time? Um, one of the crewmates lost a bet and had to wear a dress, but <laughs> nothing stranger than that. Okay, well, we'll have to take a look at that footage and... You may want to interview some others of your security team here. And you watch all the cameras from this one room? All of the cameras on this deck. Okay. Do you guys have anything else to ask him? Mm, not right now. So the head of security goes, that'll be all, as you were. He goes, yes, sir, and closes the door. And he turns to you guys and says, where do you like me to take you now? We interrupt this podcast to bring you word from today's sponsor. I'm just kidding. There is no sponsor. But I am interrupting to let you know that it's at this point in the session that we had to take a break and we realized what time it was and how long it was taking and ultimately decided to finish this up in a second session. And it was actually at least a couple of weeks until we got back to finishing the story. So we went over a quick refresher of the clues we had found and uh, 
So yeah, if anything had been forgotten or it sounds like anything changed or there's any continuity errors, that's why. But anyway, carrying on. Okay, it's Roland Stirrup, the head of security and um, a couple of the guards and a security drone. Um, they're all uh, escorting you around and um, I believe it was roughly like 2 or 3 a.m. in-game time. So um, Roland Stirrup asks... Are there any other questions? Anyone else you'd like to talk to? Is there anywhere else you'd like to go? I know that uh, you, Detective Willigo, were talking about uh, looking into seeing if our security team could have been involved in any way with what happens. It'll take some time, but we can examine the footage and see where all of our team was at the time. And um, if there's anything else we can help with, our resources are at your disposal. Alrighty. So we didn't interview any of the security yet? No. Well, you talked to... Like the the uh, officer that was on duty during the uh, the cameras freaking out that jammed when whoever whoever's went in did the bomb planning, um, but he just basically said he saw what was happening, reported it, and yeah, that there was a there was also a camera in the security center, so he presumably could be seen doing all that. I think how we can figure out the whereabouts of all the security guys. Officer Stirrup looks at his data pad and says, Well, it is rather late at this hour. If you'd like, we can escort you back to your rooms, or you can stay in our one of our security barracks. Um, in the meantime, we can be putting together that footage for you. Okay, yeah, I think I'll go back to my, my room for now. Okay. And he looks at uh, the officer in the drone, and he goes, Go with him and uh, stand guard outside his door. Make sure no one bothers him. And they walk with you off towards your room. And uh, Stirrup turns to Dr. Resna and says, uh, and what can I do for you, miss? Well, I took the... I had it typed out here. I had, um... You might need to remind me again. But the the black fiber I took... Yes. Um... And... The other thing I took... There was, was like, a flex of little specks of something on the corpse from the explosion. I wrote speck, but I didn't remember what that was. Yeah. But, um... So is there somewhere I could go to analyze these things? He nods and says, uh, we have a relatively advanced medical lab, given that we're a luxury liner. It's probably nothing like you would expect from a uh, criminal investigation lab, but what we have, again, is at your disposal. Yeah, I'll go ahead and go to the lab, see what I can find out. He says, all right, right this way. And he takes you to the lab. And um, arriving, you enter the ship's lab after a walk through, once again, more empty, echoey corridors, and and after a short tram ride. Upon entering the lab, well, it's more like a clinic, and then you can go back behind into a lab, you meet one Andis Ruman, who I mentioned earlier mistakenly, confusing her for uh, Selena's friend. Um, she's a woman in her late 30s, she has blondish brown hair, and um, yeah. Officer Stirrup introduces Andis Ruman, woman in her late 30s, as the chief of medical staff. And he introduces you, uh, Dr. Resna, and um, says, uh, or, and she says, what can I help you with? Uh, just trying to analyze some of these, I can't think of the word. Fibers? Yeah, thank you. Hello, I have some evidences, can you look at yeah. them? That was literally what I was trying, I was like, what's, what's, what's the word, not evidence? Sorry, I'm awake. <laughs> uh, trying to analyze some of these fibers and specks I found. She takes the bags slash containers or whatever you put them in and goes, 
Yeah, I think we have some equipment we can analyze this stuff with. It'll be probably just a couple hours, but I can get the results back to you as soon as I, as soon as I get them. Right, thank you. And she takes them and says, is there anything else or will that be all? That'll be all. Okay. And she heads off and does science. And uh, <laughs> so Officer Stirrup looks at you and says, uh, is there anywhere else you'd like to go? Uh, not for the moment. Maybe just go back to my room for now. He goes, uh, very well. And he looks at the two remaining officers that are with you guys and he says, uh, escort Dr. Resnick back to her room and likewise stand guard and make sure no one bothers her. And they do. And, um, let's see. Several hours do pass. It's probably closer to probably about 6.30 when Dr. Wilgo hears his, uh, sweet store go bing, bing, bing. It just keeps going off. Well, that's annoying. What do you do? <sighs> it's probably not my sarsaparilla being delivered. I better go see who it is, I guess. Okay, so as you approach, there are the options of unlocking the door, unlocking and opening it. Um, you can use the viewer to see who is outside, or you can use the two-way viewer so you and the outside person can see each other. Mm, I'll just view out. Okay. You can see um, there's a security drone, uh, like the one that escorted you. He's just pressing the doorbell over and over, and you can see he's holding a gun in his hand, and the guards that were stationed outside your door are nowhere to be seen. Mm, that don't look good. He's just still pushing the doorbell button. And in fact, since you're using the viewer, you can also hear him now. You can hear him saying, Message from the captain. Message from the captain. Well, what do you want? Um, upon hearing your voice, he raises the gun and starts firing wildly through the door. Feel free to give me an agility roll if you don't want to get shot. Getting <laughs> shot sounds awful tempting. Oh, perfect. I got a one. You got a one? <laughs> and I got two for three. Uh-oh. Guess I'm dead. Okay, so... I can find where the damage is. Nope, that's a stun gun. He's not using a stun gun. That's another stun gun. How sturdy that door is. <laughs> you know what? That's actually a good question. I'm going to do a luck roll to see if you're lucky enough to... 37. Okay, so I'll say it. If it hits you, it probably does half damage. So, yeah, and given that it does hit you. Um, so you take... Three minor wounds, two... Your head. A bullet grazes your head, giving you three minor wounds worth of damage. Nice. And I'm gonna say that you and the drone are officially in combat, and I'm gonna say that it is now your turn, so we don't have to worry about bothering initiative, it's just you two for now. What do you do? You have two actions. Mm, I have a lot of weapons. I got a, I got a stun gun. I guess I'll try the old grab the stun gun and try that on him or something. You'd have to open the door if you do that. So it'd be opening the door and then stunning him. You have enough actions to do that, though. Yeah, why not? Okay, so that's going to be a dexterity roll to hit him with the uh, stun gun. Twelve altogether. Okay, you do hit him. Normally it has to make a fortitude roll, but since it's a robot and you're hitting it with an electrical weapon, I'm going to say it just shorts out and collapses. Congratulations, you have incapacitated the wild, wiry drone. And upon stepping outside, you can see that um, the guards that were stationed outside your door are um, collapsed and lying on either side of your door. I was wondering what happened to them. Yeah, it looks like they're not too healthy right now. Thought maybe the round gives them desperately. And why don't you, Anna, give me a... Um, well, nah, you just hear this. You hear um, 
your emergency exit at the back of your suite clicks. Let's go check that out. Indeed, the door is unlocked and the lights and cameras have not turned on in the emergency tunnel. Alright. Um, do I have a flashlight? Um, I can say you have a, a flashlight. You probably have something akin to like a like a space-age cell phone or something. Well, I'll probably go through and check out the tunnel then. Or the emergency exit. Whatever. Okay. Um, going through, you can hear uh, stuff going through pipes that are affixed to the upper part of the wall going along the length of the tunnel. Um, you hear your own footsteps echoing, and there's something clattering moving among the pipes. Check it out. Give me a perception roll. Uh, 14 total. As you get close to the pipes and you peek in with your flashlight, at first you don't see anything, but then suddenly popping up, you see a crab rat. It's a, uh, basically an alien rat. It has, um, uh, like a carapace, like a shell on it, and it gives a little hiss and it just runs away down the pipes. It's a pest among starships, but it's not anything unusual. It's a good thing that there wasn't an inspector going through the ship, otherwise the ship might get a bad review. But, uh... Turn around, you see, pasted on the wall, there is a note. It says, stop investigating or else. And it looks as if this has been just, like, printed on. It's not in handwriting. Printed on? Like, nobody... I'm sorry. Like, nobody wrote it out? It's, it's not in handwriting. It's like a... Like, it's been, like, laser printed or something. So I can't, like, take it or anything? It's just... There, oh, so, sorry. Or... It, it's, it's on, like, a piece of paper, but it's not in handwriting. Okay. Well, I'll take it in. Okay. And yeah, nothing else happens in the night. Around uh, 8 o'clock, um, a uh, guard comes and wakes you up, says that there's uh, or you're, uh, you're, you're needed in like the security room, and that uh, the head of security is waiting for you. Um, during the night for Dr. Willigo, however, um, the, or Detective Willigo, I keep calling him doctor, there's only one doctor here. It ain't Willigo, he's the detective. Anyway, um, basically guards came in the night, Asked if he saw anything. Um, actually, they responded because the gunfire. Duh. And, um, yeah, so there were new guards posted. And um, basically, there wasn't really anything they could do other than take the two guards to the medical bay. And, yeah, so you probably got less sleep than Dr. Resna, but it's now 8 o'clock. And likewise, you are called to the security room. And I'm presuming you guys both come along. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, uh, there is, uh, Head of Security, Officer Stirrup, and there is Dr. Rumman, I believe her name was, both of which are in the security room. Upon entering, um, you can see that, uh, Officer Stirrup has a data pad that he presents to you guys. It looks like it has all the, like, a report about where, like, all the officers were, and it has footage if you feel like watching it, but it's a whole lot of videos of a whole lot of places. Um, basically the consensus is that all of the officers were accounted for on their decks, and the only one that was, um, not necessarily unaccounted for, but what, but had left his post was, um, one guy that left to see the security guard that lost a dare and had to wear a dress, but he was only gone for a few minutes. But yeah, all the officers were accounted for, and, um, then Dr. Roman hands Dr. Resna the report on the evidence she found. The fiber is indeed a hair from a human, and um, the fleck is a bit of a medicine called cordal menifin. 
And if this rings a bell, it's because that's what Sinon Prin, the cyborg, said. Um, wait, did he say what he is? Never mind, forget I mentioned anything. Um, it's called Cordal Menefin, and it's used for, um, it's mainly a pain reliever, and it was speci- spe- specifically developed for um, cyborgs so that the um, drugs won't, like, inhibit any of the neurological augments that they may have gotten. But it's, it's safe for normal people to take, too, but it is more expensive because it's designed not to affect cybernetic augmentations. All right, then. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Officer Syrup is like, uh, is there anywhere you would like us to take you? Anything you need to see? I just want to find out who sent that drone. So do we. Right now we have our, uh, engineers analyzing it. We should have a report in perhaps a little under an hour. I'm sure it didn't act on its own. Yes, that was, it was one of our security drones, but something seemed to, seemed to have been wrong with its software. Makes me suspect security even more now. He says, well, as... The cameras show, and as we have recorded, all of our security members were accounted for. Somebody's in cahoots with security or, or something. And as uh, you guys are talking, you can hear uh, on uh, Officer Stirrup's personal data pad, a call comes in, and uh, he doesn't bother to take it privately because, you know, if it pertains to the investigation, you guys should hear it too. You hear, uh, it's one of the security officers, he says, Sir, it's happened again. I found one of our men down in the cargo bay. And he looks at you guys and he says, Right, you two, come with me. And he calls up a security team. You rendezvous together and you all head to the cargo bay. And indeed, one of the uh, security officers has been stabbed. It also looks like some of the storage containers used to carry uh, passengers' belongings for the trip have been opened and rummaged through. A new video of this area. The head of security uh, turns to one of the officers and says, Get on that. Get the footage from what happened. And you can see he leaves and heads off. And, uh, so what do you guys do? I'll take a closer look at the body. Okay, give me a perception roll. 25. Okay, 25. With that, yes. You can see that, um, uh, you can see he's been stabbed multiple times in the back. And it looks like it was done with a similar weapon, if not the exact same weapon used to kill Dr. Tormund. It is a thin blade. And... Yeah, you can find um, there's a bruising around his wrist as if something um, tightly gripped it. And, uh, yeah, he did. Um. Obviously the work of a backstabber. So do you guys do anything else? You've examined the body. There's still the uh, rummage through storage containers. Hard to tell if anything's missing, not knowing what all was in the containers. Obviously looking, somebody's looking for something. There's no log or anything of what was in there. Um, Officer Stirrup says, we can get you that if you need it. Yeah, it might be good to know what was in here to see if anything's missing. Okay, he orders up a report for or, uh, the manifesto of what was stored in the passenger storage bay area container things. And yeah, he uh, brings it up and presents it to you to go over if you feel like it. You should. Okay. So yeah, uh, rummaging through... Um, Actually, why don't, why don't both of you give me a perception roll, why not? Because of reasons. A ten. Ten. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. So, um, you both notice that um, everything is accounted for as you go through it. But oddly enough, Haran Fendel's uh, storage container seems the least rummaged through. Like, just a few things from, like, the front of it or on top or whatever. It's just kind of been tossed, but that's it. Who is that again? 
He's the fat guy, the plump businessman looking guy that didn't stay for the entire duration of the dinner party. Everything's there. Yeah, everything's there. And um, it's around this time that the security officer comes back that was sent to get the footage of what happened. And um, you can see he just kind of shakes his head and says something to Stirrup, who comes over and says, uh, looks like whatever they used to block out the cameras during the sabotage and the murder uh, was used again to block out the camera during this murder. Hmm. Obviously, somebody familiar with security systems here on the ship. Yeah. He does uh, hand you his data pad that does show a picture of what happened right as the um, jamming was happening with the cameras, and you just see a messed up figure coming through the doorway, and you see a green light on its head. What time would this have happened? Um, examining the body, you can tell... Well, you did examine the body, plus, you know, they'd have the recording from the footage. It was about... Probably around when um, Dr. Resna heard her uh, exit door unlock, and around when Dr. Willigo was attacked. So, like, probably, like, what did I say? It was, like, 5.30, 6.30? Sometime around then. I mean, I guess we could go question people again. See where they were. Okay. At whatever time this was. Is this last night now? Are we on the next morning? You are currently, it's, like... 8 a.m.-ish run there. Okay. So, all this happened yesterday? All that happened at, like, like 5.30 in the a.m., so, like, two and a half okay. hours ago. Okay. So, uh, yes. So, uh, head of security takes you to the, uh, block of suites once again, and, um, he says, who would you like to start with? I don't remember that. They were... Selena Sren. She's the YouTuber, basically. Uh, Harin Fendel. He's the plump businessman with the curly mustache. Sinon Crin, he's the cyborg. Gretchen McCrennell, she's the older lady. There is also Morrison Greff. He's the tall, lanky uh, writer shut-in that just stays in his room. Which one of them has black hair? Starting from the top of the list, there is... Harren Fendel has black hair. And Gretchen McCrennell has black hair. And Morrison Greth also has black hair. Let's start with the first person you said. Harren Fendel? Yeah. He's okay. the one that didn't have a lot of stuff gone through his stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, upon ringing his sweet bell, um, you can see the indicator come on that he's using the viewer. And um, you hear him go, Oh yeah, Stu, come in! And he opens the door, and um, yes, he invites you guys in. He says, It's so lovely to see you again. To what do I owe the pleasure? So this was like 5.30ish? Yeah, about 5.30. Well, can you count for your whereabouts about 5.30 this morning? Well, that was quite early this morning. I dare say I was sleeping. Is there anybody can verify that? No, not unless someone came in my room and watched me sleep. Would have been unsettling. Is there any kind of records of when people go in and out of their doors? Are you asking him that, or are you asking... Or anybody here? Um, uh, Officer Stirrup just says, just the cameras outside of his room, and presumably the... Security exits should be locked at all times, except for during the emergency. Or if we can check any video footage of his room. I know the cameras are off where the guy was stabbed, but what about outside his room? Are you talking about during the uh, the doctor's murder or the murder in the storage bay? The storage. Storage bay? Um, the cameras were all messed up. Oh, those ones too? Oh, during the time outside his door? Um, yeah. You... Yeah, you, you can, uh... You can request that footage. In fact, uh, 
Stirrup sends off another officer to go do that. In fact, you know what? They, they have technology. He asked for it remotely over his data pad. I'm stupid. He should have been doing that all along. He's stupid. Why is he in charge? Um, so he, he asked for that to be uh, sent to his data pad. And uh, anything else you do while waiting for that? No. Okay, well, the footage comes in, and yeah, that time um, you can see the, uh, the footage is rolling, but no one comes in and no one comes out of the suite. You just see the two security guards that are stationed at either end of the, basically the passageway um, of whole block, and they're just standing there, nothing going on. There's no other way to sneak out of these rooms, no air vents? Um, the vents probably aren't big enough, especially for Mr. Fatty Fendel, um, but uh, the only way in and out is either through the front door or through the security exit, which should be only unlocked during an emergency. They should automatically unlock. Wonder, wonder if we were to get a, a sample, of, uh, like a hair from each person with black hair, and do a, do a DNA test. Of. You see, uh, Stewart also starts doing something else on his data pad. He's doing some kind of a he's space texting, is what he is. That's <laughs> what he's doing. Um, and um, he looks up again and says, uh, "Doctor Roman says that they do have a DNA analyzer in the lab. Lucky enough. Why don't let's get a." A hair for each, each black-haired suspect. Uh, Dr. Stirrup does nod and say, Yeah, that does sound reasonable. I believe that's in our, our uh, parameters here. So do you gink one of Fendel's hairs? We can, uh... Like that up there. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> we can gather all this up and run a test on them and see who it belongs to. So is that what you guys do, or...? Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yes? Uh, where did I find that speck of whatever it was? It was medicine. Paid medicine. Where did I find it? Was it on the body? That was on a uh, security guard that got killed in the explosion that was in the communications room. What was this guy's name again? What? Fendel. Fendel. Harin Fendel. H-A-R-R-I-N-F-E-N-D-E-L. Oh, uh, Mr. I'm sorry, say it again. (laughs) Fendel. Fendel. But Mr. Fendel, is it okay if we take a sample of your hair to compare? Well, I suppose if it's necessary. Uh, Mr. Fendel, can I ask you if you're on any sort of medications for any reason? LSD. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's an LSD. Oh. <laughs> That's why his pupils are so big and he's talking about <laughs> dragons. Um, Makes the trip so much more enjoyable. <laughs> I like to look out at the stars. <laughs> They're in my room. Um, <laughs> he says, no, I haven't imbibed on anything outside of regular food since the dinner party the other night. Well, we thank you for your cooperation. Yes, of course. We've got to go together up all those other uh, hairs and the other sus- suspects. Okay, so if you guys don't have any more questions or anything for him, he, he bids you a good evening, and um, unless you have questions for the specific suspects, I can just say you gather a sample of each of them. Well, I kind of want to ask if any of them are on any other or any other medicines, or any medicine for pain. Um, well, not pain specific. If they're on any med- medication, are you going to ask each suspect or just the ones with black hair? Uh, I'd say all of them. Okay, Selena Sren. Uh, she says no. She has dark brown hair, so she, no black hair there, unless she dyed it, but she hasn't. Um, uh, Sinon Crin. Um, he says yes. He's been taking um a painkiller for his headaches caused by the overclocked virus. Um, is there anything else you'd like to ask him before I move on? We can say we're, we're, you're currently talking to him right now. 
Oh, I want to ask him where he was a couple hours ago. Um, he says, I was just, just trying to s- s- sleep. Well, I suppose you have anybody can back that story up. He shrugged and says, I don't think this is so. I don't know. Okay, so are you done asking him questions or do you want to ask him something else? Can I ask him what specific medicine he's on? Or did he, he say? Um, he just said he was taking a pain medicine. Um, but you can go ahead and give me a speech roll. As he says, um, I've, I've taken a uh, pre- prescription cordial medicine. Yeah, well, I suppose I should actually roll for him. Um, you can tell he's nervous as he says this. Says what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear. I missed what you said. As, as he says the uh, the name of the medicine, he says it's cordial medicine. Okay. It's the. Is that the one we found? Yeah, that's the same one you found. Well, I guess we'll wait till the hair results come back. Okay. I might talk to him. Okay. Um. Yeah, and just in case I didn't say he has brown hair, so. Okay. It's probably not his hair that was at the scene. Um, next up on the list, there's Gretchen McCrennell. Um, she's a, another black hair person, and yeah, so you take a sample of her hair as you're talking to her. Is there anything else you want to ask her? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember who she is either. Um, she's in her early 60s. She's the uh, sociable one. Um she stopped and bothered um, Morrison Greff on his way back to his room, had a chat with him. She's basically like the only person that actually saw and talked to him. Real busybody. Well, without, um, any, without any video, it's hard to, it's our word against theirs. They could say, oh, I was in my room or whatever, got no way to prove it. So that all we can do is wait on that hair analysis for now. Yeah, I know. Um, there is also Morrison Greff. He has black hair and if you're done talking to Gretchen McCrennell, you can go and get a sample from him and ask him any questions. Yeah, I don't have any other questions. Okay. For the lady. So you go talk to him, get a hair sample, and uh, is there anything you want to ask him? No, I'm no good at this. <laughs> no, you're doing fine. You don't, you don't have to ask him something. I'm just asking because I don't want to breeze past if he has wanted to do something. Ask if he has any sarsaparilla. <laughs> he does not. <laughs> That's okay. I have a feeling Sasparilla is going to be a running joke throughout the whole series, not just not just these few episodes. Uh, but uh, yeah, so do y'all take your samples to the lab? Yeah. Okay, so uh, Dr. Roman takes the samples and goes and does more science. Is there anything you want to do while she's doing science? After her till she's done. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's the all-you-can-eat breakfast bar. <laughs> and you guys... No, just wait. Okay, you guys... Twiddle my thumbs. You guys probably haven't had something to eat today yet, so you probably could get breakfast if you guys want to. There's no, like, n- nothing that'll really happen. It's just, yeah, you had breakfast. Okay, carrying on. Um, but yeah, so the results come back, and the hair that was found in Dr. Torman's suite, the first guy that was murdered, well, technically the second, but the main murder, um, he, uh, the hair that was found matches Haran Fendel. That's a fat guy? That's a fat guy. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, might as well go back to his room, I suppose. Okay. So, upon arriving, he lets you in once again. And he goes, I didn't expect to see you all so soon again. Can I help you with anything? Yeah, why'd you do it, fat boy? <laughs> do you say that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Twice now, you could have. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh... uh... Did he let us in, or are we still outside the door? He let you in. Oh, okay. 
Uh, uh, I'd like to search around your room for a little bit, if that's okay. He says, yes, of course, whatever you need. And oh, for some sort of murder weapon. Okay, you can give me a perception roll if you'd like to. Uh, 15. Math. Okay, you don't find too much stuff, because he doesn't really have a lot of stuff with him in his room. You find, like, some extra changes of clothes. Um, he has a fancy pen on his desk. Um, really, that's about it. There, there isn't much, uh, much to his luggage, outside of what he had put in, like, the storage bay. Do we have a list of what he had in the storage bay? So? Um, yes. You can have the list. Um, are you looking for anything in particular? No. No? <laughs> A murder weapon, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's see, he has clothes, mustache wax, a knife, um, shoes. Um, no, there's... Is it is the knife still there? But you uh, said everything was there before, right? Yeah, everything's there. I was just joking. There, there's no knife oh. in the fourth base. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, it's uh, all just normal, normal stuff. Even more clothes. Something that was bought in a gift shop. Just normal stuff. Nothing... Stabby with the bowl, but uh, in his room there's just some extra clothes and a uh, personalized pen that he has on his desk, and he's just standing there, just idly spinning his ring on his hand. He spins on what? He's fat on his ring. Maybe it's one of those fidget spinners. <laughs> it's a it's a fidget ring. <laughs> Do you want to ask him about his ring or or not? Mm. Okay. Maybe I want to ask him where he got it so I can fidget ring. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we found your hair in a crime scene, so it's not looking good. Oh, dear. You're our number one suspect so far, to be honest, because definitely identified as your hair. It's most unusual. What's the name of the guy that got killed? The doctor? Dr. Tormin. It's spelled T-O-R-M-I-N. I just don't remember what we asked last time. Um, did you know Dr. Tormin before we left? Dr. Tormin? I can't say as I've heard the name before. And by the way, if at any point you think someone's lying or you feel like they're hiding something, you can always give me a speech roll to see if you can glean the truth. Or you can just go off what you as a player think. Well. What a perception roll? A speech roll. I'll just... 14. 14. You get the feeling he's lying. I can tell you're lying, your lips are... <laughs> good, sir. I take great offense to that. Well, it's not looking good for you, Chubbs. Fun of your hair at the crime scene. And you're lying. Well, I did bump Ch into Dr. Tormin at the dinner party. It's possible while we were sharing a drink that one of my hairs perhaps fell onto his coat. I can't think of any other way a hair may have, may have appeared where he was. Presumably that's the crime scene you're speaking of. Was he assaulted? Like, is, is he alright? He was murdered. Murdered? Which you know because you're lying and your hair was at the crime scene. Chubsy ubsy. <laughs> 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 And who might you be with, sir? Are you with the police department? Might I have your badge number? Upon arrival at our destination, I will have you reported and investigated for this harassment, sir. Well, that's okay. We'll have you in prison when we get there. Do you all have any more questions, or can I bid you a good evening? Morning, whatever it is. You have me flustered. Well, the only other thing I can figure is why you do it. We know you did it. We know you're lying. We know it's your hair. So might as well admit it now. The least you're on you in court. I have done no such thing, and I will thank you for refraining from such accusations. You have it your way, Tuzzy. Uh, was uh, the doctor at the dinner party? Um, or whatever? 
That is a good question. Let me <laughs> let me actually look at my notes. I'm gonna say he was briefly. Oh, what did you and the doctor talk about at the dinner party? He um, straightens out his suit and tries to recompose himself, and he says, uh, It was mostly small talk. As I said, we uh, shared a quick drink, and really that was it. I, uh, I asked him what he did for a living, and he said he was some sort of researcher. And Well, I was going to talk about my business, but quite frankly, it wasn't all that interesting. You must have said something to make you want to kill him, since you did. Not at all. He seemed quite the pleasant man. Oh, well, have no video evidence. We have it here. Basically, it's his word against ours. At this point, you find any other evidence. You need to find the murder weapon. Um, what does this guy do for a living in business, Miss? That we said. Yes. If you uh, do you ask him, or about what? Do you ask him what he does for a living, or or no? Oh, I thought I already knew. Yeah, I can ask. I don't remember if I said before. <laughs> I don't remember either. Might as well just ask him again. Um, he says, uh, I'm the head of my business. We uh, focus in the trading of goods between star systems. In fact, it's been a uh, rather fruitful few months, actually. I was on my way to surprise my wife. She was on a business trip in the anchor system herself, and I thought, well, I might just pop over and surprise her and take her out to a nice dinner. torture out here parts. What? We're feeling a lot of torture out here. <laughs> Gotta get some information on this tubs Yozzy. That's just over there being the bad cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knows he's lying. We know he's lying. Where'd you hide the weapon, tubs Yozzy? <laughs> Put it on your fat rolls where we can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> he turns to him and says, If you continue with this harassment, I will have security escort you from my suite. Thank you, sir. Well, I'm in charge of security right now, Chubbsy Ozzy, so you have to deal with it. We know you're guilty, you might as well admit it. You can always shoot him out of an airlock out in space, that'd be fun. Maybe that'll get him talking. Officer Stirrup does look, like, kind of nervous, like, can we, can we allow him to keep talking like this? Gotta get information out of this guy somehow. I could take him in the back room and slap him around a while. I'll get some information out of him. Do you have any torture drones aboard the ship? Get robot to torture him a while. Hard Fendel just looks at you and says, Are you quite done? Not yet. Just waiting for you to confess. <laughs> you hear a couple of maids outside the door walking by talking about decorations. <laughs> Maybe they're getting rid of a necktie party. We can find some rope strong enough to hold up Chubbsy Ozzy. That'll, that'll, that'll <laughs> Oh, sorry. Are you sure we can't torture him? I don't think so. Officer Stirrup says, I'm sure it's quite against protocol. Yeah, but we are. We are far enough away from any systems. It's kind of, kind of, kind of like gambling. You have to be so far from, from shore to gamble on a ship. With the laws, same laws pertain to people like him way out in space. This is an anchor confederation vessel, and so any laws of the confederation does also apply while aboard this ship, sir. Too bad. Um, well... None of the cameras work. Nobody see if I took him out in the hall and slapped him around a while. There's just going to be this long string in the podcast of oh, just <laughs> Detective Willigo just doing all these insults and threats. Oh, I can't even think. <clears throat> okay. So they, they talked for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then what happened after you finished chatting with the doctor? Well, I can... Did he leave? Did he talk to somebody else? Well, he didn't seem too open for a conversation, and it was only a few minutes before he... 
uh, presumably uh, retire for the evening, and after mingling with some guests and another drink, I did the same. How'd you imagine the stab managed to stab me in the back that many times with nobody seeing your stumpy little arms? Sir, if you accuse me of this heinous crime once more, I will have the gods take you away. Well, we know you did it. You know you did it. We all know you're lying. He turns to um, Officer Strip and says, Sir, must I stand here and be subjected to such drudgery? No, you can sit down if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) Officer Strip does uh, say... We can't technically prove that he is guilty, so at the moment, even though he's a suspect, he is still a guest. So I am going to have to ask you to please refrain from harassing him. Okay, well, we know he did it, so it's just a matter of time. We all know he's lying. We looked everywhere in his room. We didn't see anything unusual. You found spare clothes and a uh, personalized pen. You can investigate the clothes and the pen if you want to. Why not? Okay, give me a perception rule for whatever you want to look through. Close, I guess, first. Okay. You both can do it if you want to. We got 21 total. 21 for the clothes? For the clothes, yeah. Um, yeah, you find lint. <laughs> he just dropped his... <laughs> lint. Yeah, you find lint and various things. I'll tell you more once I get Dad's die that he just dropped. Takes coordination to uh, miss a box from two inches above with him. With a die. Yeah, that's all right. <sighs> Garcia's neighbor. Mm-hmm. Let's try that again. Doing perception? Yeah, perception for whatever you want to look through. Twelve for me. Okay. Uh, what are you trying to find or trying to investigate? Um, I don't know, just looking for anything you might have used as a weapon. Like, are, are you searching the room? Are you searching the clothes? Are you looking at his pen? Investigate his fat rolls. <laughs> <laughs> investigate his rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, that's a thought. He does have more chins than a Chinese phone book. <laughs> oh, let's see. Well, we can check on this pen, see if he has any hidden blades in there or something. Okay, so um, Dr. Resna was investigating the clothes first, so she finds lint, a uh, receipt from the restaurant, a uh, receipt from the gift shop, um, nothing else really. Um, and Detective. At the, at the gift shop? Can I see what he bought at the gift shop? Um, what did he buy? A knife. <laughs> <laughs> Letter opener. <laughs> he bought... He bought a nice glass. Like a like a fancy drinking glass. Um, and Dr. Willigo... Or I keep calling him Dr. Detective Willigo. Um, investigates the pen. And it's a very fancy pen. Not quite sure if it's something he bought. Something he had custom made. Maybe it was a gift. Um, and looking over, you can see, um, his, like, business company is engraved on the side. Um, there's a hidden switch that causes a knife to pop out. Outside of that, there's nothing else. And, uh, the blade that pops out is, uh, a thin plastic blade. Durable, but plastic. Hmm. I can do the trick if you stick them, stick them, stick them enough times. Blood on it. Um, looking close, you can see there are flecks of blood. It doesn't look like you clean your knife off enough there, Chelsea. He runs to the back of the room and goes through the security door, which was or the emergency exit. It was apparently also unlocked, and the lights and cameras do not come on in the tunnel. Well, you can see how he escaped before, how he snuck out. Well, he can't run too fast because he's <laughs> so fat. 
He's surprisingly fast for a fat guy, though. He he's booking it. He's already out of the room. The security, the security officers are giving chase. Where do we know where the do we know where this emergency exit where it ends or where he comes out of? Um, I think there's. I guess I'll ask that to the. What? There's a Krispy Kreme down the hall. A Krispy Kreme. <laughs> a suspect is running away, and you're just still slinging insults. <laughs> Oh, you smell those donuts cooking. <laughs> um, Can't run that fast there, stay puffed. It, uh, the emergency tunnel runs the length of the suite block, and it connects to the other emergency exits of the other suites, and it presumably also leads somewhere to exit, because it's an emergency exit. And could the, the head dude forgot his name? Could he send people to... Where the exits are, so that they can stop it. Um, right now he is leaving the room giving chase to Haran Fendel. So you can, you can, like, maybe ask him, like, yell, hey, send someone to cut hey, him off or come whatever. Come back. <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> come back. <laughs> maybe he'll do us a favor and jump out of one of the airlocks for us. Save us the trouble of executing him. The guilt's too much for him. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys just stand in the room as they all run out down the tunnel? Or, uh, yeah, we'll just wait for my thumbs. Sort of your thumbs. Let's wait for the security guys to nab him. It won't, it won't take much time to catch up with him. There he goes. He can only wobble so fast. <laughs> I think we should have people at each exit waiting for him if we can. Um, you can hear, like, the. You hear Officer um, Stirrup and the other security officers. They're, uh, they're uh, communicating over their. their uh, wireless communications. I don't want to say radio because it sounds too old-timey. Basically radios. So it sounds like they are trying to cut them off. Shouldn't be hard to catch. So uh, do you guys just wait around till uh, whatever happens, happens? Yeah. We'll just wait here and eat his donuts. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah. After a while, um, you can see uh, the security guards are dragging him back into the room. He is a uh, um, bit ruffled up. Roughed up. His hair is uh, a bit askew. And, um, looks like he's cuffed behind his back, and they, uh, bring him back. He's red on the face, probably, uh, because he's not used to such physical exertion, and, um, yeah. So did you get your exercise for the month there, Chubbs Yoji? <laughs> his Krispy Kreme closed. He's just set his jaw, and he's just glaring at you. Don't strain your eyeballs there, Chubbs Yoji. You wouldn't want to hurt yourself. <laughs> well, I want to know why he did it. I'm asked why he did it. He doesn't say anything, he just, just shrugs. Oh, that's not very satisfying. <laughs> you can hear uh, Officer Stirrup, who has uh, come back with the other security officers. He says to one of them, search his room, see if you can find whatever device he used to jam the cameras. And um, he gets on his uh, communications device and he says, I want someone down in the storage bay. I, I need you to look through Mr. Fendel's equipment, see if you can find any kind of signal jammer. It would seem they're now trying to find whatever device was used to mess up the cameras. I wonder how he uh, was able to control that robot dude. He's probably the one behind it. He just smirks. Y'all do anything? Say anything? Insult him some more? <laughs> well, obviously you've been caught. We know that you did it, so why won't you tell us why? He's still closed-mouthed. Smack him around a little bit now. <laughs> Smack him. <laughs> you will speak! Why'd you do it? Well, we're getting nowhere fast than shows the other. They can slap around a little, give him a talking. Doctor, or why do I call everyone a doctor? Officer Stirrup says, 
technically that would be assault, and so I can't condone that. They still have that uh, penal colony on that ice planet. I think he'd love that, except there's no, no Krispy Kremes on that planet. You see, the thing about comets like that is now I have to come up with an ice planet for the setting that's a penal <laughs> colony, and Krispy Kreme is now canon in this universe. <laughs> yeah, they all think they're tough until they get sent off to the penal colony on that ice planet. And they cry, crying like little girls every time. Of them like a little hard labor where it's 150 below zero all the time. Officer Stirrup says, if we're done here, I can take this man to the brig. Yeah, might as well. I guess he doesn't want to do any talking now. Unless we can slap him around a little, he's not going to say anything. I can't condone that. It's too bad. Are the cameras still working or no? There are no cameras in here, but again, I cannot condone that. Want to step out in the hall a minute? I, I have a question for our uh, suspect. I'm just going to escort him to the brig. <laughs> and you see he uh, and uh, another officer take him out. And um, as he's being let out the door, uh, Fendel just says, You're all making a big mistake. You're a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> he snored or sighed or something. So yeah, so he takes him away. Um, there's still a couple officers that are searching the room. They're really not coming up with anything. Um, so do you guys stay in Fendel's suite? Or where do you go? Nah, the smell of donuts is starting to make me sick. <laughs> uh, well, I think we should look around a little more. Okay. See if we can figure out how we did it. What if there's anything in here that might, uh, might have given him control over that drone? Um, searching the room, you find nothing new, just the pen knife, um, and the clothes, which has basically nothing. So if he has something, it's not in this room. I better do an analysis on that blood, too, see if it matches our victim. Yeah, you, you can bag it and send it to the lab if you want to. Yeah, we better do that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so you take the the knife, and, um, do you do anything else in Findle's suite, or do you guys head to the lab next? Or something else? What do you do? Take his box of donuts. <laughs> yes, we should go to the lab. Okay. So, uh, Dr. Rumman is there again, and she looks up from uh, whatever work she was doing before, and she goes, Need something else analyzed? Yeah, we gotta see if this blood belongs to our victim, since he, uh, he killed him, I'm sure it is. So you give her the knife to analyze? Yep. She looks at him and goes, Oh, so you think this is the murder weapon, huh? Yep. You wanna do it? We took these out of the <laughs> suspect's room. She declines, but uh, she goes, Yeah, I can give us an analysis. I'll need a sample from. Uh, the victims, but that's going to be hard to acquire. And um, she goes, I'll let you know as soon as I get the results. Alrighty, we'll be waiting. Sure you don't want a donut? <laughs> you won't be needing them where he's going. So what all do you do? Go have breakfast. I get breakfast. Do we have breakfast already? <laughs> kind of. Oh, we didn't have breakfast. Yes. Kind of. I, I, I said it wouldn't be a big deal and nothing would really happen, but like, you guys could just have breakfast. We just uh, say that. Oh, okay. I eat all these donuts. We <laughs> gotta wait, you know. Yeah, he won't need them. Um, yeah, so, uh, do you go anywhere else, or do you just wait in the lab for the results? Mm, just wait there, I guess. Okay, so, uh, it takes, like, an hour, but, uh, Dr. Roman comes back and she goes, Yeah, there are traces of blood of, uh, both Dr. Torman and the officer that was killed in the cargo bay. So, if you wanted a murder weapon, you found it. That's the other person killed. <laughs> it was Dr. Sorry. Torman. Dr. Torman had his throat slit, and... No, no, I mean the security person. The security not guard. the one, not the one in the cargo bay, or uh, uh, it was an officer that was on duty in the communication center. 
Yeah. How did how did they die? Um, they were collateral damage from the explosion that took out the communication system. Oh. Okay. Gotcha. I got it. And that's also <laughs> where you found the flecks of cordalmenafin, the painkiller drug. Yeah. Well, I guess we should go talk to the Fendel in the brig. Okay. Yeah, we'll take his empty donut box. Okay, so, uh... Rub it in his face. As you're leaving the lab, um... Officer Stirrup comes up and says, Oh, I was looking for you. I was hoping you'd be here. And um, he says, I have the results of the analysis on the drone that attacked Detective Willigo. And uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to find whatever device Fendel used to alter the cameras. He likely also had something else um, that could wirelessly interact with computer systems because all indications of the drone indicate that it was hacked wirelessly but so far again we haven't found any such devices on mr fendel or in his room or in his luggage where he hid it it's not in the donut box he searched the ship for anything that could jam the signal uh he does also say there is the interesting issue as i showed you before in the security cameras during the initial sabotaging that whatever was jamming the signal was in two places at the same time. It was in the cargo bay and the communications center. So I'm not quite sure how he was able to jam both cameras and plant an explosive in both locations at locations at the same time. Yeah, he's definitely not that fast. But an accomplice. That's what I'm afraid of. Well, let's go chat with our fat friend here. Alright, I will escort you to the brig. Donuts in front of him, see if they'll get him talking. <laughs> so yeah, it's a tram ride and um, heading down more hallways. This time it's uh, not quite so eerie and echoey because there's more uh, security personnel in this area. But he takes you to a uh, row of cells, one of which is containing one Mr. Fendel. Those are some good donuts there, Chozy. Sorry, another left. We're eating the last two. He just glances at you before just looking back at a wall. He's still just idly spinning his ring again. What if he has something on that ring small enough to control the drone? Uh, Stirrup says, We've done a scan and there's no wireless tech on him. Unless it's some kind of technology that doesn't use electricity, it's just a regular ring. So where'd you hide it, Josie? Where did I hide what? The contraption to control that drone that you sent to kill me. Oh, did you have a spot of bother? That's unfortunate. Yeah, as if you didn't know there, Josie. Well, I dare say that... Any attempt on your life was completely coincidental, I assure you. Sure. You ever been anywhere where it's 150 below zero all the time? Hope you have a nice warm jacket. Oh, we know you killed the doctor and the security guard. So why don't you just tell us why you did it? He looks uh, from Dr. Wilgo to Dr. Resna and then just goes back to just looking at the one goes, Well, perhaps I don't feel like it. Well, he's obviously protecting somebody. Judge Jobs, he couldn't be in two places at once. He's not that quick, as we found out with that attempted chase down the Krispy Kreme. <laughs> so, do you all say you're doing anything else? No, donuts all gone. <laughs> They're at him awkwardly. There's some good donuts, Chubby. Too bad you can't go buy some more. He doesn't say anything. Well, if you tell us why you did it, maybe we can get you a box of Krispy Kremes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to say that. <laughs> We could go and get another box of them and just keep eating them in front of him. Maybe that'll make him talk. You know, you couldn't have been working alone, so maybe if you gave us some more information, we could make, work out some sort of deal with you. 
unless you really, really want to go to a nice planet all by yourself for life. If only you knew my position, you would know that I don't need a deal. Well, at least you got lots of blubber to keep you warm on the ice planet there, Josie. You'll need it. Did I mention it's 150 below all the time there? <laughs> you can go on the oh. snow cone business. The what? Snow cone business. Oh, snow cone. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I don't care. He's guilty. Yeah. I, don't know I feel like somebody else is a part of it, too. Yeah, I don't know who he's protecting or why, but looks like he wants to take the rap all by himself, so that's okay. So did you say you're doing anything else? No, we're out of donuts. I don't know. There's nothing for now. So, uh, Officer Stewart says, So anyone else you'd like to go? Anyone you'd like to talk to? Kind of at a loss unless Chubsy starts singing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you do then? Do you go to your rooms, have an early lunch? Probably go to my room and sleep off these donuts. Just food coma? Yep. Okay. Um, so yeah, you guys head to your rooms, and, uh, there are, uh, still guards stationed outside your doors. Do you both sleep? Do you take a bath? Do you jumping jacks? What do you do? Take a bath, I suppose. Take a shower and change clothes. Okay. Um, why don't you, Anna, give me a perception roll? Seventeen. Seventeen? Okay. You hear your emergency exit to your suite open, and something is tossed into your room before it closes. Check it out. What do you know? It's a small cylindrical object. It's about four inches long and has a flashing red light. It's not a donut? It's not a donut. Ah, man. Well, uh, is it a bomb? Hard to say. The red light is flashing faster and faster. Oh, ew. I'm gonna try to disarm it, just in case it is a bomb. Okay, give me a... what stat would this be? I'll accept either an intelligence or dexterity roll to uh, deactivate this device. Let's go with intelligence. Oh, 17 again. Okay, you do manage to uh, get a cap off of one of the ends of this little cylinder, and you uh, snap one of the wires, and the red light stops. You now have a deactivated device. Um, I'll take this to security right away. Okay. Um, yeah, you find... Um, uh, Various officers steer up among one of them. He's just having a cup of coffee. Looks like he may be getting a headache from all this. And, um, yeah, you show it to him, and he cautiously takes it and goes, I'm going to have our tech team analyze this. And um, he walks over to the security technician center, whatever it is. Uh, do you go with him, or do you just wait there? I'll go with him. Okay. Um, yeah, so he takes it, and the uh, uh, lead security technician... Uh, takes it from and looks at it, and she says, uh, well, right off the bat, I can tell you this is an explosive. Um, good job whoever disconnected this wire, uh, because otherwise this probably would have probably destroyed everything in, like, probably in, like, a 30-foot radius. Oh, good thing I'm smart, then. <laughs> is there any way to track where it came from? She, uh, shakes her head and says, no, the only thing it would really do is Maybe analyze the compound used. Figure out what kind of explosive. Kind Sounds of, like a plan. What kind of prints on it? I assume. You know that that's a good idea. Um, yeah, they could they could try to dust for prints. A couple other people have handled it by now, but um, yeah, she uh, she says we can also uh, probably see if this has any prints, even though they may be lost or overrun with other people's fingerprints. But I'll get it to the lab, see what can be done, and uh, she has off with it. So do y'all do anything else in the waiting of the analysis? Dr. Wilgo is still in his suite, having a nap, presumably, in his food coma. 
I still have three head wounds. Oh yeah, from where the bullet grazed you. I think it's safe to say you probably have it patched up while waiting in the in the uh, med bay. So the race it or leave it? Yeah, you can go ahead and erase that. Do you guys do anything while waiting for the results? Nah. No. Okay. So uh, the lead technician comes back and she says, um, Alright, I've had the explosive compound analyzed. It's a plastic explosive of some kind, so that's how they probably got it on board past our metal detectors. And um, it also, uh, I took the liberty of having it analyzed with traces of what was used in the cargo bay and communication centers explosions. And it's the same type of explosive. Don't know if it came from the same source, but it's likely. And unfortunately, we only got a partial print that didn't match you or any of our crew members. I'm going to take prints of everybody. Yeah. yeah. Officer Stirrup says, uh, I can arrange for that. And he takes his mug of coffee and heads off. Do you uh, do anything while waiting? No. Okay. So, um, yeah, after a while, um, uh, Stirrup comes back. And he goes, um, right, we can't be completely positive, but so far the closest match we have is of Sinon Crin, the cyborg in the sweet block of uh, Dr. Tormund. I have a feeling you and the detective are probably going to want to go talk to him, so I can go get Detective Willigo if uh, you think it's necessary. Yeah, I think so. There is a ring of your sweet doorbell, and upon answering it, it is uh, a security team humans this time, not a hacked drone. Uh, they say, uh, you're needed in the security center. And presumably you go with them? Yep. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so you meet up with Dr. Resna and Officer Stirrup, and they fill you in that they got a partial print, and the closest match is Sinon Crin, the cyborg. Mm, look to the question figure. Okay. So, y'all hit there, and there he is. Okay. So, yeah, so you arrive at his, uh, suite, and during his doorbell... He answers, and he opens the door, and he goes, Do you need it? Need something else? Why'd you try to blow me up, huh? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just wondering why your uh, fingerprints ended up on a bomb that just tried to kill somebody just now. On a b- bomb? Yeah. I, I don't know how my f- how my fingerprint could have gotten on a, on a bomb. Yeah, you and Chubbs are in cahoots. We already have him in lockup. He raises an eyebrow, which just makes him look surprised, since only half of his face isn't mechanical, and he goes... Ch- Chubsy? Yeah, no, your pal, the guy you're in cahoots with, Mr. Krispy Kreme. He already, <laughs> said, he already said that you're in on it. He made it about an hour ago. Give me a speech roll if you're going to try to lie to him. Oh, that's five. Yeah, he knows his eye and looks at you and goes, He wouldn't have ratted me out. And then he slams the door shut. Well, it doesn't slam shut. He closes the door and it slides shut very melodramatically. And um, you can hear heavy footsteps behind the door. And, uh, Officer Stirrup, yeah, he tries to open the door and he goes, It's not responding. He must have done something to the system. Yeah, that sounds like an admission of guilt to me. And he gets on his communication device and he's like, I need officers for this suite. I need you at every exit that the emergency exit tunnels lead. Uh, be on the lookout. There is a cyborg, presumably augmented strength, dangerous, wanted for murder. So do y'all do anything? You can see that uh, Officer Stirrup is running off in some direction, presumably where one of the exits are. Yeah, try to figure out if he got out of his room and if so, which way he went. Good way here in case he tries coming out and forces his door open. Um, you can try if you have something you think is worth. Um, you do have a multi-tool. I could say you could try, like, opening an electrical panel or something. Okay, like a roller with. Um, yes, go ahead and give me... Oh, 
accept again either a dexterity or an intelligence roll. Either one. I'll do the dexterity, I guess. Nine. Mm. Now you get a little zap. Not enough to actually cause harm, but you just kind of electrocute yourself a little. Oh, that was shocking. Security must have some way of opening this door. We need good housekeeping over here in the door. Are you going to try to find someone? Yeah, security or somebody will open it up. Okay, there are security guards in a, at either end of the suite, or at rather either end of the suite lock, and you can ask him for someone to come open the door, and he uh, radios it in. And after just a few short minutes, a tram does arrive in the block, and there's a person with a fancy gadget, and they come over and open the door. And from the doorway, you can see that um, the emergency exit door is also wide open. And from what you can see, um, Sion Crin is not in the room. Okay, well, check all those emergency exits before you get it up. Or John's room a little bit more. See if we can tie him to the explosives. I wonder if he's able to control the drones himself with all his cyborg equipment. Maybe control him internally. Maybe. I was trying to say maybe a Mayhaps, and it came out Maybaps. <laughs> Maybaps. <laughs> um, so yeah, so if you want to search the room, feel free to give me a perception roll. Another nine. Okay. Eleven. Okay. Um, Dr. Resna didn't catch anything, but Detective Willigo noticed a secret compartment in one of his uh, luggage bags. And um, yeah, you can see slots almost like little bullet loops where uh, more explosives were. And you can see there's just a couple left. Looks like there were five altogether originally. Actually, no. No, there were just three of these little ones. Sorry. So there's two there and one empty slot. It definitely looked like eight kids with Chosey. So you're, uh, you're in his suite. The main door is still open. The emergency exit door is still open. Do you do anything else in here? Do we check for... Do we check in there for explosives already? Um, you found some in a hidden compartment in his luggage. Mm, my brain's like gone. I guess we just wait to see if they capture him and take his luggage into evidence. Um, so are you taking his uh, luggage, like, on your person, or are you taking it to, like, the security center? Take it to the security. Okay. Um, yeah, so taking it there, um, it's actually not too far away from the brig, and, um, you're, uh, you take it there, bring it to the security officers who, uh, Check and see that, yes, indeed, hey, there's there's bombs in this package. And um, they take it and secure it away. And you guys start hearing a ruckus from not too far away. In fact, if you were to follow the sound, it sounds like it's coming from the brig. Uh, go check it out, then. Chubbs is probably going to withdraw for the <laughs> Opening the door, you can see that um, Sinon Crin has showed up. Um, but he is not in custody. He is throwing a security officer across the room with his mechanical arm. And he punches the security door that Fendel is in, and he's trying to peel it off of its hinges. I don't have any weapons, do I? I just have a stun gun. Um, I can say the security officer landed near you guys. He's unconscious, if not dead, and he is armed, though. I'll take his weapon, then. Okay. So you now have one security pistol, which can fire lethal or non-lethal shots. Well, I guess I'll shoot a non-lethal round at, like... I don't know. That's um this torso make him stop or something. <laughs> okay. Give me a dexterity roll. Seventeen total. Okay, you do hit him. Boom. You point it at him, you pull the trigger, a solid round leaving a glowing blue trail hits him, and um he seizes 
and then collapses to the floor unconscious. Congratulations, you have incapacitated Sinon Kryn the Cyborg. And uh, more security officers come uh, from down the hall, presumably from a report from one of the officers before he got taken out. And um, yeah, it's just a flood of officers coming in now. They're uh, checking, seeing what's going on. They see you. Most of them are familiar enough with you going around now, so they don't shoot the person holding a gun. And um, yeah, upon realizing what's happened, they uh, cuff him. And um, one of the security technicians actually comes by and starts like uh, attaching devices and manipulating his augments so that he can't uh, break out using his augmented strength and also to uh, jam his own wireless signals that he presumably has been using. And, yeah, he's captured. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It calls for a Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Dang, I want to do that now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and feel free to give me a perception roll, both of you. 19. Uh, 12. Okay. During the uh, scuffle and his running around and collapsing to the floor, um, part of his shirt on the right side of his body has been torn. And on his shoulder, or just below the shoulder, rather, you can see um, the letter R has been either tattooed or branded into his arm. I wonder what that stands for. So do you all do anything? Do you have any more interactions or questions for Fendel or sign on Kryn once he wakes up? I don't know. Oh. I can go talk to the fat so guy again. <laughs> Fendel. Okay. Not that. So uh, he was uh, standing and watching seeing what was going on when uh, sign on Kryn was trying to peel away his door. Uh, it's still dented, but very much still secure and holding. Um, and he sees you approach, and he goes, Oh, it's you two again. Yeah, he already admitted to us that you guys were in it together. That's why he was coming in to kill you. So, won't even need a confession from you now. We know you're guilty of sin. He raises, Going off the ice planet. He raises an eyebrow and says, Kill me? Hmm. I suppose that would make a believable story. Yeah, we know all about it. So you want to make a confession now? Make it easier on yourself, or... Just wait till court. He just looks disinterested, shrugs, and says, You have what you need. Enjoy this celebration while it lasts. Then he sits down at a small cot at the back of the cell. Oh, sorry, Chubb. We can't bring you any donuts or anything. Maybe we can bring you one for your last meal. He doesn't say anything. He just kind of lounges. He leans up against the wall and puts his hands behind it, band his head. Just kind of disregards you. So is there anything else you guys want to do or say before we wrap up? Because you've got the bad guys. Hooray! And I want to figure out why he did it. So, talk to the other guy. Okay, so when he wakes up, I want to see Chubbs go to the ice planet. <laughs> you want to see Chubbs go to the ice planet? <laughs> um. So yeah, you um you uh wait around a bit, and it's probably about forty five minutes before he finally starts stirring and wakes up. And um, um, they had laid him on the cot at the back of his cell, and he sits up and starts looking around. So why'd you do it? He just stares at you. Glares, rather. It looks like he tries to get up, but his mechanical legs and mechanical left arm are all just not responding. That's okay, Chubbs already told us everything, so we just wanted to hear your side to see what you said, had to say before you guys go off the ice planet. If I were you, I would start running. I'm okay. I'm kind of full of crisp cream donuts anyway. Don't feel like running right now. He just glares at you and says, uh, well then you'll be an easy kill then. I don't think so. Very disarmed all here electronic gadgetry, so your robotics aren't working. I may be out of commission, but the group isn't. And they'll find you. They'll know what happened to you. Hope you and Chubbsy enjoy the, the ice planet together. Maybe he can hold you close and keep you warm in his fat rolls. He 
He leans back against the wall. He says, It won't be long. They'll find you. Whatever you say. Well, if you're working with other people, maybe you should give them up and we'll cut you a good deal. Maybe he's only said he lies planet for 25 years instead of 100. Giving them up would be worse than going to that prison. See how your gadgets work where it's 150 below all the time. Did I, did I mention that part? He shrugs with his one working shoulder. And he just leans up against the wall, just staring at you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's nothing else you guys uh, can think of to ask him or do? Then that. No? Well, he ain't giving us any information, so not much else we can do. Except shoot him out of airlock. <laughs> That'd be entertaining. Yes, keep him in the brig till we get to where we're going. Okay. Yes, sign on Kryn. Um, one last remark he gives is, We may not have found what we were looking for, but the Rittimer group will find you. Uh, we'll be waiting. You got us scared. Yeah, officer. Stirrup thanks you for your help. Um, he says he'll definitely explain um, what happened and uh, how you guys helped catch the murderers aboard the ship and brought everyone home safely. You'll likely get some kind of commendation, if not a... Um, box of donuts. Yeah, box of donuts and sarsaparilla. Um, yeah, you're, you'll likely get some level of reward and uh, these guys will get put behind bars. On the ice planet. On the ice planet. Where it's 150 below every day. <laughs> Where it's 150 below every day. <laughs> and no Krispy Kremes. No Krispy no Kremes. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys uh, make the trip safely home. And, um, yeah, you guys dock. And um, Confederation police come and take them away. And uh, you guys go about living your lives. And about a week later, you see on the news that... Um, well, not a week later because there was murders and explosions on a ship. So, uh, like a day later, um, you see uh, on the news that there was a uh, triple homicide on a leeway-faring freighter 3301. But fortunately, um, they were brought to justice. And um, they show footages of the criminals and their mugshots. And you see Fendel and Sinon Crin. And um, indeed, they have been sent to the ice planet. Cool. Get it? Literally. <laughs> cool. So you've done it! Well, Do you all want to know the hows and the whys now? Since uh, yeah. the adventure's over? Yeah. Okay, so. The crime. Sinon Kryn and Harn Fendel are actually agents of the Ritamar Group, a secret organization of black market weapons dealers, assassins, and information thieves. They were ordered to intercept and eliminate Dr. Tormund and take his secret research back to the Ritamar Group. It would be worth a fortune to whichever nation or group would be willing to pay for it, and a source of phase energy would supply them with new and terrible weapons to maintain their status and to sell to the highest bidder. By the way, his research was regarding phase energy, which is another word for magic in this setting. Uh, but basically, he discovered it, and he was basically trying to get somewhere where he could research it safely, where it wouldn't get stolen. But unfortunately, he didn't make it. Um, they sabotaged the communications and the spare supplies, so once the murder was discovered, no one could call for help. Unfortunately, they actually couldn't find the information strip after murdering Dr. Tormil, Tormil, Tormin, and thought he might have hidden it in his luggage in the storage pods, hence the murder of the guard and the, and the ransacking of the pod. Uh, they plan on disguising themselves as crew members to escape once in dry dock. So that was their plan and their motives. And yeah, the, uh, his research was stored on like a flexible, like a microchip kind of a thing. Um, and the information strip was actually hidden inside his, um, his, uh... Donut box? Yeah, his donut box. It was in his, um, shoulder bag. Um, the one that I said where it looked like one side of the strap looked like it was brand new. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was hidden in there. I didn't think to look there. Or did we? 
No, you didn't investigate oh. it. So alas, his discovery is lost to the ages. Or is it? This is actually in a in a setting that I've been developing, so if you guys want to do more sci-fi stuff, like maybe after Wilder West, we could come back to the setting. There's also like fantasy settings I've developed, all kinds of different stuff. But yeah, you caught the bad guys, good job. I like being the bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> And thus concludes the episode, dear listeners. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm Matthew. I have been your host and game master. Your players have been Timothy and Adriana. And for those of you that indeed have made it this far all the way to the end, here is some bloopers where the cats caused trouble during the recordings. So see you next time. Hello. <laughs> There's a cat. <laughs> Can you not scratch the couch, please? Thank you. Nugget, don't jump on the computer. <laughs> don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Okay. Cats, man. He just wants to see me. That's all he <laughs> Roland Steer introduces her as the chief of the medical staff, and Nugget is scratching at the pantry. Goober. Goober. You can probably at least hear him on the recording, if not Discord. Nugget. You can actually open cupboards. Yeah. The, the ones that are low enough for him to grab the top. He'll open them up and let the other cats in. Yeah. Troublemaker. No, Nugget's on top of the fridge. He's complaining. I can hear him. <laughs> Nugget. I'll be back. He gets up on top of the fridge, then he cries for you to come get him. Eric. <laughs> and a lot of times, too, Matthew's the only one tall enough. He'll, he'll go there and stand by it, and he'll step down on his shoulder. Don't pluck your shoulder. <laughs> there he is. Step here. Come visit. He's a weasel. It's it's not in handwriting. It's like a like it's been like laser printed or something. <laughs> I'm gonna go deal with that boy. He's trying to open the cupboard that's above the refrigerator. He's on the refrigerator trying to open the cupboard. Nugget, I'm coming for you. I need a tissue anyway, so I'll be one second. Sir, can I help you? Are you purring? Oh, yo. Santa. <laughs> Hello, Nugget. He's purring right now. Oh. And um, you hear, uh, eh, hammer my tongue. Hold on. Eh, said that. You don't hear that, sorry. Hammer my tongue. Um, <laughs> I thought you said cat hair. Probably was a cat hair. Anyway, um, you just give Nugget a bath. Ew. <laughs>